Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone i'd like to welcome you back to the rowdy mag life show monday well it was the monday night show done on thursday night hope everybody had a happy fourth of july great weekend for me uh family events uh, everybody come home with with both eyes and the arms and uh Kyle Magnum just talking about Fourth of July weekend and there, we all come home with our limbs and our eyesight so welcome to the show big show tonight Kyle uh, looking forward to uh, doing it but we're gonna play real quick to squeeze all this in hey what about Ty Gibbs winning that ex- Xfinity win with uh, what Kyle Larson to beat him out. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, you know, Ty Gibbs applied a lot of pressure to Kyle Larson there once the uh, late caution came out for Cole Custer, and uh, Larson messed up the corner, and Ty was able to get by and hang on for the win, another big win for him, and, uh, you know, another win to uh, his his resume, you know, beating the, the defending cup champion on the road course at Road America, and, yeah, um, just solidifies his season and how strong that 54 team has been all year. All right, we're going to listen to Ty and go from there. joined by the winning driver from today's Henry 180 here at Road America, Ty Gibbs, driver of the number 54 Monster Energy Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. Ty, incredible battle with Kyle Larson. Walk us through the race-winning pass. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I feel like I kind of faked him out a little bit, just peeking inside to see what I had um, in turn one. And uh, I came back wide where he kind of shallowed his entry up and I could cross back underneath him um, and then... Uh, he pinched me over a little bit um, in the turn two there, and I got out of the throttle and waited, and he ran a little bit shallow inside the corner while I was uh, to the left there, and he kind of wheel hopped or had tire lock up or just got in there too deep. I don't know, but I slipped underneath him and then clear himself, and then off we went. Okay, we're going to open the floor for questions. If you have a question, we'll get a wireless microphone to you. Start here with Dave. Much was made on the broadcast about you making that pass clean. Was that important to you? Uh, the most important thing was to win, but, you know, I, luckily he uh, just got wide enough where I could get around them. So, um, you know, I mean, this road course racing with these cars on the air track is going to get a little rough. That's just the nature of it, but he got it. Bob Fox Sports, uh, I mean, you've won several times, but what what does it mean to best race car drivers right now for the win? Uh, it's cool, you know. It means a lot, and uh, you know, watching, you know, kind of growing up around him. Uh, he used to race dirt carts a long time ago, so I used to see him in our motorcycle shop. Motorcycle shop. Uh, so I kind of hang out and talk to him. I, I really like Kyle. Um, he's, you know, a really great person, and uh, it's cool to see him and um, racing in this Xfinity series and and uh, be able to beat him is just awesome. It's a dream come true. Bob basically asked my question, but Kyle did say he's very impressed by you, also. What's that mean coming from anyone in the who's that, who's in Larson said okay. that he was very impressed by like how right. you handled those last two laps in overtime. What's that mean anytime somebody from the Cup Series notices your talent? Yeah, it's it's definitely really cool. Um, you know, it means a lot. But I feel like for me and 
I feel like people give me advice in my shoes. You just can't get caught up and, and get big-headed. I just, you know, I feel like I acknowledge it, and I'm very thankful for it. But I just got to keep working hard and doing my thing. I can't, you know, win and think I'm good and then take time off. Uh, but it's part of racing. I love racing, and I always will. You would... You had mentioned something in the post-race interview about golf. Have you given you golf lessons? Oh yeah, we were playing now? golf yesterday. He, uh, I, I'm terrible, and he was, you know, helped me out a little bit, but I still was not good enough to where it made a difference. You also said you felt you needed to gain some respect. I mean, do you, first, do you feel you did that today, and why did you kind of feel have that kind of motivation? Uh, just into those if I want to race in the Cup Series in the future, I'm gonna have to race like that. So I just got to start doing it now. Um, just can't be, I guess take advantage and be greedy in moments where I need to just calm down and let it go. Additional questions? Lee? Is that okay? Yeah, it's hard to hear you. I don't think that mic even works. Testing one, two, three. Not at all. It's on. It's on. It's just I can't hear anything. To kind of follow up on that question, I mean, there had been some controversy over in the year. Do you just want to, are you looking at trying to redeem yourself so when you do come into the Cup Series, you know, get the kind of, I guess, respect that you want to um, want to have in, you know, at NASCAR's top tier? I just want to learn and be the best driver I can be, and I want to be the best driver ever, and that's what it takes. So I got to learn that to, you know, make another step, you know, to the top of the mountain. Is that tough for somebody who's a teenager? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's tough to be a 19-year-old in front of millions of people in the world, but that's the path I chose. I'm very thankful for it. It's where God wants me. So, um, just got to learn, and I got to learn the, learn the ropes, and that's just a, you know, another part of the task I learned. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot about racing, but now it's uh, a little bit more off track and more emotional and feelings and stuff. Uh, so, that's what you got to do to be a champion. Just got to keep learning, and I got great people around me telling me, uh, give me a great advice. Thank you. Additional questions for our race winner? We've got Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Ty, I think it's, it was eight races since your last win, and that may be about the longest drought since you've moved up to Xfinity. You know, did it feel like it, and what was the, the last eight races? I mean, certainly you had some good runs in there, too. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we had a lot of chances to win, uh, but that's part of it. You know, it's just uh, learn experience and keep going. I'm very, I'm having a great time racing in the extending series. It's just hard, um, but I'm learning it. Got to mature quick, but that's just part of it. And I, I, I like learning because I like it so much. I like all the aspects of it. And if I got to learn, I, I enjoy it. You know, sometimes I don't look like I enjoy it. I enjoy all of it, and I'm, I wouldn't want to be doing anything different. I don't think I'm made to do anything different. So I, I don't really like sitting at the sitting at a desk or anything. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't really like playing golf, but I try. <laughs> it's my grandfather, and I got all these people want me to play. I try, I like it, but it's just I'm terrible. So, um, you talk about learning and 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 getting getting to better, getting better. So, let's just say since the beginning of this season, where do you feel like you've gotten better, or what are the thing, what are the steps that you feel like you've taken, you know, in, the, in essentially about half a season? Uh, just uh, personality-wise, changing my personality and my traits. The to you know, fit in with this job I have. Uh, you know, to make the best of it, to be the best I can be, and be the best driver I can be. I want to be the best to ever live, and I feel like um, that hunger in me uh, is always going to be there. But I got to tone it down. So I'm glad I have the hunger and 
uh, aggression, but you just gotta pull the pull the ribs back. Every stallion bucks, so you're gonna have that. What what about what about on the track? Uh, on the track too. All all around. That's just life for me. I feel like life on a track and off the track are the same. I just want to be the best at what I do, and I gotta learn some stuff to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Additional questions for Ty. Well, Ty, congratulations! Great win today. Thank Good you. Luck next week. Thank you, guys. Well, I tell you, Kyle, uh, I hear maturity uh, kind of growing in this young man. You know, we kind of talked about him in the past, but I, I, I hear a different sound out of him because he does have a good mentor. There's good mentors over on his side. So I, I hear that, Kyle. Yeah, I think once Ty, uh, you know, once I think I think once we, he had Martinsville out of his way, I think, you know, I think he's, you know, he's changed. Um, you know, I still think, you know, we're still going to see that fierce driving that he has. And, you know, I mean, you saw it on Saturday in the Xfinity race, you know, it looked like, you know, he wasn't going to get it. And then, you know, another chance came up. So, um, you know, um, he's beat some of the best on the road courses, Austin Sendrick, Angie Allmendinger, and now the defending cup champion, Kyle Larson. So big win for him. And, uh, you know, that 54 team looks really good right now, and I, I still think it's, it's it's safe to say they're probably the championship contenders right now at this point. Well, uh, I would say he's uh, he's right there with him. You know, the question is then, Kyle, you if he has a championship, do we move on into a cup car or we wait one more year and see if you can win two Xfinities? Well, Rowdy, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We we don't know the situation of Kyle Busch yet. Um, we don't know what's going to happen, if he's going to return or not. But uh, we know Martin Truex Jr. is returning next year, and we're not sure if there's going to be any room. So he may be in Xfinity for another year, which probably wouldn't hurt him. But, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens here in the next few, uh, in the next year or so. So, uh, Kyle, just real, real quick, uh, Tyler Reddick wins his first NASCAR uh, race. I think that was he took him 92 tries and he, and he got it on his 92nd try, so that's not bad. But Kyle, if like to, I'd like to bring in our other guest for tonight with Sealand uh, Grove Speedway, Jeff Erick. Welcome to the Rowdy Baglite Show, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great, uh, Jeff. Uh, reading over some of the history of Sealand's Grove. Back in the day of 1946, going around that dirt oval, and you come back from World War II, death wasn't no fear out on that track. What some racing could have happened to bring it to the beginning of Sealand's Grove? Well, it's, uh, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people know this, that uh, Joey Chitwood uh, was the one of the gentlemen who uh, helped design that speedway back in the day. That's why you have the extra wide front stretch that was designed for his uh, throw shows. So that's why the front stretches were all a lot wider than the back stretch. Uh, that's what he wanted to do, and uh, he accomplished that. And, of course, a lot of that before my time, uh, my first race at Silver was in 1962. I was probably a 7-year-old. But uh, lots of stories going around about, uh, you know, how this all happened. And But uh, I guess the biggest thing we could throw out there one of the biggest things would be Joey Chitwood and also the fact that uh, Chris Economaki, uh had once announced that Solon's Grove Speedway back in the day also. So you go from uh, Red Baron to Kotomaki, that That's pretty impressive from, 
from the media all the way back to the nice car, car or car hall of famer. What's it like? Yeah. What's it? What's uh, Jeff? What's it like on a on a Saturday night at Sealands Grove right now? Well, it's uh, to me, it's just the exciting. Uh, been going there. I told you since 1962. Been working there for 40 years now, and uh, just place still never ceases to amaze me of all the action. I mean, this is a very fast half mile oval. Uh, in today's world, a lot of people like short tracks more, but uh, for if you want to see some good speed racing action, uh, it's Saturday nights at Stones Grove Speedway. Of course, uh, the 410s finish up Speed Week, but uh, you know, 360 sprints, 358 sprints, any sprint car division that's been at Stones Grove, it's been a very entertaining deal. And I uh, can't forget the stock cars, late models, which is I grew up here in central Pennsylvania in Stones Grove. I'm more of a late model guy. I just don't know something about that growing up in the 70s with the Ford versus Chevy, a few Mopars, and being able to ride my bike in town in the garages and see how many race cars you could see at in, in town. A bunch of different uh, garages had drivers that raced, worked at the garage, and then built race cars and raced back in the 70s. So uh, a Saturday night at Stones Grove, you couldn't beat it. Uh, it's just exciting entertainment on that big half mile, and it's just it's never do amaze me. The action we have, the Speed Week show, is unbelievable. Car count wasn't what we expected, but the racing was uh, second to none with uh, Dietrich getting the pass on Brent Marks with two laps to go, which was where everybody's attention was. But what caught my attention was 11th starter Mike Walter, who had been running 410s for a while and just having a lot of success. All of a sudden, he like came out of nowhere. And I think with another lap or two, he probably would have got third place past Justin Peck. He was right on him. Him and Rico Abreu went back and forth for like three or four laps, exchanging slide jobs. And uh, he was right on Peck's bumper at the checkered flag uh, in that race. And then another one you can't forget is Blaine Heinbach. He started 13 in that race. All of a sudden, they're coming for the checker, and there he is in sixth. I mean, Blaine is awesome at Stones Grove Speedway. He has 41 career wins between 360s and 358 sprint cars, second to Pat Cannon. But on a 410 night, there's one name there you just cannot count him out is Blaine Heimbach. He's uh, pretty top-notch at Stones Grove, and uh, I said he has a good history of a lot of wins on Saturday nights there. It's pretty awesome to hang around a bunch of people who want to be winners all the time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. It's uh Talk to them all, and, and you know, we were talking about some of the Red Brian and the other history, and you can't forget the fact that uh, Jeff Gordon's raced at Stones Grove Speedway. Uh, Jimmy Spencer, you know, ran his very first late model race at Stones Grove Speedway, went on to be in the, have a nice NASCAR career, and obviously everybody knows how, what a great career Jeff Gordon had. Now, Gordon didn't race here regularly, like Spencer did a little bit, but uh, I talked to Jeff one time at Pocono, and he remembers the night he finished ninth in the feature, and I had a Looked that up, and son of a gun, that guy knew Stones Grove Speedway pretty good. He knew he finished ninth, and he was exactly right on. And so uh, some good, uh, of course, Tony Stewart's won a 360 sprint car race there. Uh, the the names uh, you know, like that are just a few, a few that have uh, hit that speedway and obviously had NASCAR careers, and some moved on to NASCAR. Hey, Jeff, you have Kyle here. First of all, thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, I know I was listening to your appearance on the Turn 5 show, uh, I think it was a month or two ago. Um, but uh, my first question for you is, um, what was your overall thoughts of PA Speed Week? You know, Brent Marks on that role, wanting like four 
in five out of six. I mean, what, what were your thoughts overall of PA Speed Week, and, and what did you take out of it? Well, obviously, when it started, everybody thought it was going to be the Macri show, winning the first race of the Grover on Friday, then going to Lincoln and now doing 47 cars. Of course, Babs got rained out. Then you roll into Monday, and, uh, you know, it, it's Marks, and he was there. I mean, I don't know if you're about to know about the bonus money with March, but Stones Grove Forty and how put up a uh, 10 for 10 deal. If somebody could finish in the top 10 in all 10 races or how many, or at least seven that had to be run, $5,000 bonus. Well, March did pretty good with that. He, he got top 10 in, in all nine races, actually had top three. He was not out of the top three in nine events of Speed Week, which is pretty phenomenal. Everybody thought a couple of years ago that Kyle Larson had an awesome Speed Weeks. I think this tops it with Brett Marks. I mean, uh, unbelievable. He was two laps away from winning five in a row and six in the series. So he's built, still comes away with five wins. And I think according to the statistician, the guy who kind of keeps stats is uh, Brian Householder, he was close to clearing $70,000 for his week of uh, racing. My second question for you is um... – what kind of got you into racing? I've always been curious. I know we've talked. Um, I mean, what, what kind of got you the racing bug? What, what got you into racing originally? Well, I'd say, you know, when you grew up in the 60s, there wasn't as many things to do around here and anywhere as there is today. But my parents started taking me to the races, I think, 61, uh, Port Royal for a couple of shows. And then 62, Stones Grove actually reopened and actually been running steadily since 1962. And we started going there every week, and I just got the bug and could never get rid of it, and I don't think I want to get rid of it. Uh, but 62 is when I started. It was because my parents taking me there. And uh, I guess, as, as my mother would say, if you were as good as your schoolwork as you do know these race car numbers and names, you'd be a straight-A student. That's what she used to tell me. So it started at a very young age. My parents took me, and then as I got older, I got some friends that decided, hey, let's go to the races, and just never stopped. Jeff, my last question for you is uh, you have a big show coming up this Saturday with the uh, the 360 sprint cars. Also, the 305 sprint cars are going to be there. I know you said you're more of a late model guy, but, um, you know, what what are you expecting Saturday night, you know, with all the, the competition that surrounds the sprint cars and also on the late model side as well? Well, for this Saturday with the 360s, uh, it's, it's their national open. It started with the 358 back when they started in 2001. So it's been a pretty long running, I think 22 years event. Of course, going for 358 track went to 360s, but uh, it's a 5,000 win. It involves the United Racing Club also. I'm sure there'll be some top guys from New York usually come down if they don't have nothing going on. But uh, there's been 12 different winners over the years in this event, and TJ Stutz actually has won it the most times with five uh, feature wins, and then uh, Blaine Heimbach has four. Now. Um, don't think Stutz will be there or Heimbach, but Mark Smith, of course, now over the last couple of years has been the dominating guy with the uh, 360s. He won it in 2001. I know he plans on being there, but I think uh, the only race we have with URC, we had close to 30 cars. I suspect that would be the number that would happen with uh, the 360 sprints. Now, one, one quick note here on Brent Marks. I, I had a sense to I don't want to miss that, but in 17 17- Speed week races over the last two years. He has eight feature wins. That's pretty phenomenal. Uh, Kenny Hefner won the 305 race. And in case people don't know, uh, back in 2001, Charlie Page, who ran the track till 2015, built a go-kart track on the inside. 
And there's so many names. I wish I could have like a complete list here of drivers who've won on that little go-kart track and went on to win on the big track. And uh, Kenny Hefner with the 305 feature win on Sunday night, Stones Grove added his name to that list. And I'm not sure what the exact number is, but you know, every time you turn around, it seems like somebody else uh, wins at like all uh, Ryan Smith won an all-star sprint race a couple years ago at Stones Grove. And they also won a slingshot on a little track. So uh, another little neat tidbit for Cylinder's Speedway with that go-kart track and the young kids starting out five, six, seven years old and end up racing on the big tracks. Pretty cool deal, too. So a lot of dreams have come true with victories in the go-karts to move on up into the late models and sprints and do the same well, yeah, thing. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the biggest, like for late models, would be the cousins Dylan Yoder and uh, Andrew Yoder. Uh, those guys are pretty much dominated their go-kart careers there and, and now moved on and winning features like crazy all over the place with uh, limited late models and late models. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and so, you know, late model guy, they got some big shows up for them guys this year. And uh, the one that's uh, not on the schedule yet, but it's supposed to be October 2nd, the makeup for the uh, Ron Keister Memorial. That's a 5,200 to win race. It'll be on a Sunday, October the 2nd. So mark that down. If you want to see a good late model race at Jones Grove Speedway down the road. Well, hopefully I'm going to be at Pocono and we're going to try to make our rounds. So I'm hoping that's one of them there. Kyle can work us into coming to Stevens Grove before I get out of town. I hope y'all, y'all there you go. somewhere around the same time, but, uh, Exactly what do you do, Jeff, at the track? Well, I, bet, but I'm enjoy, I enjoy it. I appreciate being on your guys' show. Uh, enjoy this stuff. Hey, listen, uh, Stevens Grove's got a, a lot of history, and I, we appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Uh, can, where can they follow Stevens Grove? Where do they, what, on Facebook, social media? Oh, they have a Jeff. Facebook page and uh, Twitter and, of course, SonsGrowSpeedway.com on their website. The uh, people do that do a great job with statistics, track records, win lists. It's all there uh, for them to look at. It's easy to get to, and that would be a good thing if you're a history buff to check out guys who have won, you know, in all the divisions, the sprint and the late models at SonsGrowSpeedway. It's a pretty cool list. Well, you know, the beginning of that, like I, I was talking about earlier, guys didn't fear death. They done stared death in the eyes and come get in the car. There wasn't nothing to them, was it? No. Boy, it was definitely different back there. I mean, as a kid, my hero was Ray Tilly, and he's still on top of that, uh, you know, list and uh, of, uh, sprint, of feature wins. They called them super modified back in the day. It just changed the name of sprint cars, obviously, how that progression happened. But, uh, yeah, uh, just amazing what the cars look like. And I can, you know, if I look at old pictures and I remember them cars so easily and it's just the way things have evolved and what things look like now, it's just amazing. So, uh, and uh, being at Simmons Grove so long, I, I don't want to pin you down, but one, but what one race kind of sticks out of all of those that, that you could talk about oh, just a minute? Yeah, it's, uh, Oh, I mean, there's so many. I mean, it's hard to pick one. I mean, right now, I'd have to say the Sunday Night Speed Week show. I mean, that was just unbelievable, the side-by-side racing that track provided. And, you know, March gets out in the lead, and you just think it's over. And Dietrich gets him with two laps to go, and uh, they 
Marsh kept it close, and I said about Mike Walter. I'm like, I'm watching around. I'm like, what's that? Who's that red car? I was like, there, Jones Rose, Mike Walter climbing in the top five, and he ended up finishing in that spot. And he, like I said, he was close to grabbing a spot away from Justin Peck. So uh, quite a quite a night. Uh, that's the best. That's right now. That's the big memory because that was such a good show on Sunday night. And judging by the big crowd that was there, it's probably one of the biggest ones I've seen in years. Uh, so a lot of people witnessed that. So that was my next question. You, is the crowds better now than you've seen before the pandemic? Uh, the crowds were really good during the pandemic because people, there weren't a lot of things for people to do. Yeah. Uh, really. it just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. I think there's some nights that you think, well, you don't, you don't understand why it's not better. Uh, no particular reason, and just everybody's back to normal lives. But the the special races have to draw crowds. Sometimes the regular shows don't do as good, and I've noticed that at a lot of tracks. Um, you can see it because obviously, Flow TV has been showing a lot of races, and you can just see some of the regular shows that get on that show are just not doing it what a special show does. Not sure what the reason yeah. is, but it just seems like it is that way. Weather plays a tough part too, don't it, uh, Jeff? Well, yeah, that's the thing you got to watch too. Even if it doesn't rain, they predict it forty, fifty percent. Definitely, people stay home. It's a, uh, it's a shame, but I understand it. Almost five dollars for a gallon of fuel. Why people have to really pick and choose what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. Yeah, I've I've had to do that. I've yeah. had to do that seriously. It's, it, before, I mean, I, I could stood it. Now I'm paying twice, and it, it's, it's it's put a hurting on us. Jeff, I appreciate you coming, spending time with us, and looking forward to coming up and being part of uh, Season Grove. All right, look forward to seeing you be seeing you there. Thank, yes, sir. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Jeff. Yep. All right. All right, Kyle. Uh, Sounds like an incredible place to be because it's the fairgrounds, and you said the fairgrounds have cut shut down, and and in the center around it's the the track. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, it's a really special place. Uh, I know I know Jeff's been there for a few years, and now um, I was originally going to go to the USAC Eastern Storm Race, but unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans. But, uh, yeah, I've been there before, um, made the USAC Eastern Storm Race there in 2021. And then, uh, you know, went to a, the Ray Tilly Classic there after I got rained out at Bristol. So I've been to a few races there, and, you know, it's a really neat track. You know, it's really fast, a half mile. Um, we'll try and get you there when you're here. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll work on that. But, uh, yeah, um, nice place. You know, it's definitely a good track you know um anthony macri likes a lot there i know he's won a couple of the gymnase memorial opens and uh yeah um you know you've seen guys like brent marks when they're danny dietrich who won the pa speed week finale there uh but uh yeah he mentioned brent marks i mean what, what a speed week he had after after those first two nights rowdy uh four, four out of five or excuse me five out of six in four straight wins and then the second to, to danny dietrich on sunday night so I'm glad to have Jeff on. I, I know he's full of, of racing knowledge and, you know, uh, met him at the EMPA convention, him and his wife, Alicia, really good people. 
And, uh, you know, I'm glad we, we have them on tonight. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the PA Speed Week finale and see only girls Speedway. And, Rowdy, we'll, we'll try our best to get you there, and uh, we'll see what the schedule looks like. Hey, uh, Kyle, you know, you, you, to me, going to those old tracks like that means everything to see what history was like and be part of it. Yeah. Same dust, dirt. It's dust from dust blowing around there. Old dust. <laughs> so, Kyle, we, we were talking about Tyler Reddick a while ago winning uh, at Road America. I mean, that. can you imagine the pressure that he was under those last few laps with Chase in the rearview mirror? Rowdy, I think the pressure has been going on for a while now. Um, it was just a matter of time until Tyler Reddick got his first win in the Cup Series. Uh, I was at his first Xfinity win at Kentucky Speedway in September of 2017. Rowdy, I think you were there too. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, finally gets in the victory lane. You know, had to be one of the better better road course drivers. You know, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, not easy to do, especially at a place like Road America. So, um, it's good to see Tyler Reddick finally get his first win. To you know, he's in the well. He's the 13th different winner of, of 2022, and uh, he's been doing a really good job this year. He's been knocking on the door of victory lane, and uh, just glad to uh, see him finally get that win. All right, Kyle. Uh, let's see here, Rowdy. I think we have our next guest uh, lined up here. Uh, yes, I believe you do. Let me go and bring you right in here, Kyle. Let's say, hey, uh, Kyle? Yes, Rowdy. Uh, real quick, uh, before we play uh, Connor, uh, I want everybody to hang on because we got Tyler Reddick and his crew coming up, and we've got the soundtrack. But uh, we've got... Right now, and Kyle, you know, we were lucky enough to have him on. So uh, if we'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring him on in there, my man. All right, Rowdy, sounds good. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate Systems. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you to the Rowdy Maglite Show and welcome Connor Mosack to the show. Welcome, Connor. Thank you for having me. 
So, Connor, uh, racing in the Arkham Menard series in that uh, actually one-time championship number 23, that's big shoes to fill right there. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's been great working with, with Shane Huffman and uh, driving for Brett. I feel like the car is getting better every week. We're we're learning each other, and uh, hopefully we can be contending for a win here in the next few races. So, Connor, you was kind of in racing world an old man at 18 when you decided to to become a race car driver. Yeah, yeah, I got a late start, but uh, just trying to make up for some lost time, I guess. But it seems to be working out okay. Just, uh, you know, it's hard when you're racing against guys with a lot more experience, even though they may only be 15 or 16 or 18 years old, but maybe um, just got the more experience. But I think we can overcome that eventually and uh we're just going to keep working hard at it so then you raced late models what rookie of the year in, in the cars tour i did yep so uh let's talk a little bit about the difference transition between the trans am and the arca uh connor what's it like get climbing out of a trans am going into an arca car um obviously it's pretty different you know mostly focusing on ovals with the ARCA car and uh, just trying to build up my experience there. And uh, obviously that's why we went to Trans Am was to, to build up the road course experience side. Um, and I've enjoyed that. But the, the bigger tracks that ARCA runs on has been a blast and uh, still got a lot of learning to do there, especially the bigger tracks with when the arrow comes into play. Uh, I feel like I have – pretty good amount of experience on the shorter tracks you know with my late models and, and legend cars but uh just learning the arrow and and how to race the big tracks even without the arrow is still different um a little bit different style of racing but i feel like i'm able to separate the two pretty well i always feel comfortable getting back into both cars um transition pretty easily now so uh what's your thoughts on running a, a, a dual races like you did at portland and and in uh, Sonoma. Um, yeah, Portland, you got to run the uh, Xfinity car and the Aqua car, so that was good experience. And um, unfortunately, both were in the rain pretty much the whole time. So that actually probably made them feel more similar. Um, the biggest difference I noted was just the overall grip that the Xfinity car had over the Aqua car. Um, but the extra laps on the track, I think, helped for both series. And, uh, you know, being able to bounce back and forth between the cars was, was relatively uh, an easy transition there. Uh, so, uh, Connor, what, what's your goals in ARCA? What, what, now that you're in the ARCA Menard series, what, what, what's your goals you set for yourself? Well, at the beginning of the year, I had 10 races, and uh, I'd set a goal to go and win three of them. And it was off to a little bit rockier start than I think we would have liked or had thought. Um, and now I'm, I'm running the truck race at Mid-Ohio instead of the ARCA race. So I think that was one that I could have been – we could have gone and, and won that one in the ARCA race. So, you know, I feel like I'd still be happy, uh, be really happy to be able to still win two ARCA races with the uh, five we have left. And uh, I feel like that is doable, especially as our cars are getting better and I'm getting more comfortable in the car and on those kinds of tracks. Um, and then we also still go to Watkins Glen, which is like a place I'm I'm pretty strong at. So 
hopefully we can go get a win there and, and knock off one at one of these ovals as well. Hey, Connor, you got Kyle here. First off, I just want to say thank you and, and, and to your, your consultant, Rod Wortham, for letting us have you on tonight. Uh, my first question for you is um, talk a little bit about how your Xfinity debut went. Um, that's something I've been curious to ask you. Um, seeing you run as well as you did up until the accident, and, um, you know, what was it like running that race and then going over to the Arco West race, which was mainly a wet race? Um, you were going wet and dry in the 18 car, the Xfinity car, and then you had a, an all-wet race with the Arco West Series at Portland. Yeah, I felt um, overall still felt really good about the Xfinity race. Obviously, we had good speed, and uh, we were able to run the top three for a while and, and second for a little bit. Um, I think we could have stayed up there and finished in the top five. We got a penalty, which uh, obviously, you know, put us back in the in like 25th. And, and I, I felt like it was not very justified. We were told we could we could run over that curve, even though it, it did look pretty bad when I went back and watched it. That was what I was told I could do, and they uh, decided to change their minds on it after I did it. So uh, I don't really feel like I could have I would have done anything different, you know, how I'd known what I'd known. But um, overall, I was just happy with the speed and, and grateful for the opportunity. And uh, just, it was unfortunate, obviously, to go out in the crash, but we showed we were there. So that's what um, I feel like the main goal was accomplished for sure. And then uh, transitioning over to the ARCA race, I feel like we had a really good shot there. I think we we had the best car for sure. We were at really good speed. Just once we we had to pit more than we wanted to with some motor issues, and um, we got those fixed. But when we came back out in third or fourth and uh, got to the leader. We were, we were had, we had the speed on them, but there was just so much spray, so much water that you really couldn't see anything when you're behind another car. So nobody could race. We kind of just were holding on at the end. You couldn't see hardly anything. So, uh, it's probably one of the more, uh, unsafe times I've ever felt in a car, but thankfully they did cut it a little bit short and uh, we all stayed in one piece. Connor, can you talk a little bit about your, your super speedway experience? Um, I know you haven't run a many, but you're, you've run more this year with Brent Holm. I mean, how has that been going for you, and, and what are some of the things you've learned running that 23 car? Yeah, uh, again, the biggest thing has just been learning how the air works. Um, you know, Kansas and Charlotte have you know, been the, the main two that I've had to deal with there to the air, um, and I feel like I'm, I'm definitely getting more comfortable with it and a lot of it's just getting comfortable with placing the car where you feel comfortable and, and where you want whereas like my first couple of races like when I raced Kansas last year um, you're still just kind of getting comfortable with those speeds being around other cars so you, you don't there's definitely a lot of time you lose like passing lap cars and, and even side drafting with other cars that once you get more comfortable at those tracks and at those speeds, you're able to do a lot easier, and it definitely, you know, leads to having a better race overall. My last question for you is you have Mid-Ohio this weekend. Um, who do you think your your biggest competition is going to be come Friday evening? It's hard to say. That, I mean, the truck series has been so competitive recently. It seems like there's a lot of different guys that are able to run up front. Uh, I know, I mean, 42 trucks have been really strong recently, especially, you uh, know, and uh, so I feel like he'll be one of the guys to beat for sure. Um, but I'm sure there's, you know, the competition's really strong 
up front. So we'll have a lot of guys to deal with, but I feel like I probably have the most experience uh, at that track than, than a lot of those guys. And I was just there two weeks ago for the Trans Am race, and we had a lot of good speed. So um, hopefully that translates over to the truck. So, uh, Connor, you want to thank the guys kind of that back at the shop helps you get to the track each week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, going to this truck race this weekend, I feel like Shane will have us hooked up and we'll uh, we'll have a really good truck and hopefully have really good speed. And obviously my guys at uh, Team SLR down in Florida, they bring me great cars every week and they're a big reason of the, developing me as a driver and, and how well we were able to do this year. Uh, it was a lot of that to them. So um, hopefully we can just keep getting better and, and be in a good position the rest of the season. Connor, what about the uh, sponsors that makes you go round and round on the track? Partners this year, we just had first supply in our car uh, up in Wisconsin at Road America. And, of course, my main sponsor is Nick Taylor Underwear, Interstate Foam and Supply. Uh, been with me um, for the last few years, so been grateful to have those guys on board. And last, Connor, where can everybody keep up with you this season on the social media sites? You can find me uh, Instagram and Twitter just at Connor Mozak, and then uh, Facebook's Connor Mozak Racing. Connor, really looking forward to meeting you. Thanks for taking time with us tonight on the show, and appreciate you calling in, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Look forward to meeting you guys as well. All right. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Yes, sir. Have a good one. You too, sir. All right, Kyle. Connor Mosack, man, that's that's one you've been at. We got him too, didn't we, Kyle? So uh Rowdy, we finally got him. And you know what? <laughs> I, I know we you know, we we, we kinda cut it off there, but uh yeah, I've been trying for months to get him. And I'm glad he's been able to come on and uh you know, it's been uh been a good good interview to have him on i, I just want to say again thank you to rod wortham for setting that up uh did, we had to kind of change the time on it you know uh, we had to pre-tape it but still it was a good interview um you know but i, I want to say you know i want to thank connor again for coming on um we were able to, to make arrangements for that to happen and uh, he's been doing a really good job you know running double duty this weekend uh in the arca car for brett holmes and then uh the, the truck for brett on saturday I think that's his truck debut, actually, so um, I'm not sure, Rowdy. I think that's his truck debut. But, um, you know, he's been really good on the road courses lately. Um, you know, he ran that ran really well in that wet race at Portland in the ARCA West race. And, uh, you know, he's been doing a really good job here. You know, he's been finishing top five in the super speedways. And, you know, that 23 car, like you said, a lot of pressure under, under him. But um, he's been doing a really good job in the limited time he's had on super speedways. Well, Kyle, uh Hey, seat time, seat time, seat time, and he's getting it. It's everything, uh, you know. No matter how old you are, it's seat time. Yeah. That, that's that's what brings it home for you. And he's got a bright future, Kyle. I see nothing but good things right. going going for him. Good. Rowdy, seat time's everything nowadays. You know, um, I know you and I have talked about this. Uh, Kind of like with the the subject of cup drivers running, you know, an Xfinity or truck race. Uh, we've seen that a lot lately um, just because of the limited time of practice and qualifying that there is. So, um, you know, we've seen a lot more of that. I think we see more of it than we have in the past. 
And, uh, you know, I know it's not as bad as it used to be, but uh, I know we've definitely seen it um, out of some of the cup drivers here recently. So, Kyle, like I said earlier, let's uh, we, we've got, and I'm sure the crew chief and all, but Tyler Reddick and, and Vic in the war room. All right, we're going to continue to roll with our post-race press conference here at Road America for today's Quick Trip 250. Presented by Jockey here um, with now our race winner, Tyler Reddick, who we could call the man of the hour, but I think it's been a little bit more than an hour now. So um, congratulations, Tyler. We know this one's been a long time coming, but one specifically your team has been, you know, searching for and hoping for for um, many races, but especially this year after a lot of runner-up finishes and in different situations with, with kind of heartbreak finishes there at the end. Just tell us what it felt like. To not only win today, but but be able to come off that final turn and and see the checkered flag and 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 know what that felt like for for you inside the car as well. It was just a huge sense of relief. Um, this whole team, we've been at it for a couple of years now together, um, and, and even some of us um, back to the Xfinity Series days, you know, and uh, you know that first year together in the Xfinity Series, we were able to go out and back up, you know, a championship, win a lot of races. And then uh, we got slapped in the face with the reality of what cup racing is like. And uh, just, just I've had to learn a lot over the course of these last three years in the cup series as a driver, but I've had some really great people behind me to, to help me do that. Whether that was, you know, my crew chief, uh, Josh Wise, Curtis Walls, um, just a lot of great people, you know, getting a lot of time at Chevrolet in the simulator to work on uh, my, my driving style and just you know, my habits, my, my mistakes, whatever it might be. A lot of, a lot of great people have, have helped an immense amount along the way. And, uh, it's just what a, what a crazy ride it's been and just had to put a lot into it. Uh, all of us have, and it's really nice to, to get it finally done. All right. We're now going to go to questions. We're going to start with Dustin here in the back. Dustin Albino, Tyler, to beat Chase Ellie on a road that even make the point? I mean, I, it certainly does. You know, he's he's been the guy that, that's won more road courses over the last couple of years than anybody, you know, and then you look at who was behind him when, and Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain, um, guys that have been really good on road courses. And, I mean, we've, we've been right there with them um, a, a lot of the time for the last, I'd say, two years. You know, just sometimes our agendas have been different. When we were here last year, we were having to go after points, and we, we had to stay out. It was nice to get those stage wins and, 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 and stage points. But, uh, you know, it really put a, damp, a dampener on us being able to go out and, and battle with, with guys like Chase, who won this race last year, and, and some of those guys that, you know, were able to really battle up at the front at the end of these road course races. So it was kind of, in, in, in some way, nice to be in the spot that we were where points really weren't going to matter that much over the next – 10 races we knew that we need to go out there and win and so to just kind of put points aside and uh put the whole day together like we did and not make the big mistakes and just execute all day long it was nice to be able to be coming off pit road right there on the bumper of the nine car and just me and him go at it and may the may the best may the best team win and thankfully it was us today thank you okay daniel go ahead daniel mcfadden frenchrace.com tyler what was the last lap like for you, also, have you, has anyone told you that Austin Dillon had a mechanical problem? Yeah, I finally heard about that. I think Richard's the first one that told me, actually. 
Oh, that was crazy. But I'm I'm glad it uh, <laughs> I'm glad it didn't bring a caution out for sure. But I mean, hey, I would have been ready for it, honestly. So so, so, what, so what what was the last couple laps like for you? Uh, you know, the last five were 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 pretty nice. I'd say from that ten to five range when when Chase was kind of closing back in and right there, and I was kind of searching within myself what what I needed to be doing. Um, that was probably the most stressful part uh, because, you know, he could kind of get away. He would kind of close back in, and I was kind of worried about my brakes fading late, and they, they kind of would late in a tire run. Um, but, but up until that point in the tire run late, I'd been behind somebody else or I'd been on the bumper of another guy, whatever it would be, kind of in dirty air, warmer warmer air, more turbulent air, and that, that definitely has a – a factor on it plays a factor on how your the tire your tire temperatures would be your brake temperatures would be and even your your engine temperatures would be so being in front I I kind of was playing it a little too safe honestly and I realized that my brakes and my car was good and I could push a little bit harder in the braking zones again and that allowed me to get out to a comfortable distance so the last five laps were pretty stress free uh, it was really nice to know that I had that much left in the tank in the car to be able to hold them off and, and have that gap and then manage it. So would you have ever expected that your first win would come on a road course? Sounds crazy, but I honestly thought that's where the first one would come. Last year, honestly. You know, I thought thought last year it would come here. Uh, we, we had good speed at Coda last year. The rain coming in really kind of was, a, was an oddball I wasn't expecting. You know, we got the pole uh, in, in the dry there at Coda, and then it was just, just a downpour all day on that Sunday a year ago. It was really disheartening for me because I had a lot yet to learn in, in, in damp conditions. Um, and then the other road courses that we got to when we came here last year and, and then Indy, we were having to go for points and not just the win. So, um, you know, I, I, I felt good about our road courses where we were with the last car. And then when we had the Charlotte Roval test in like October or whatever it was, we were really strong. So I felt really good about our chances this year on road courses too. All right. We'll go to Steve up here and then to Lee. Steve McGarry, the Associated Press. Richard Childress had said this morning he had said he had told you that he thought you, you were going to win today. I didn't know how off. I don't know what y'all's pre-race routine normally is. If that's something that happens a lot, or just what what your reaction was when you got those words from him earlier today. He he's always had a lot of confidence in me, but you know it seems like a place like this, and it was obvious last year we we had good speed. Circumstances just kind of played its part, but. You know, a lot of the road courses this year, even, you know, Coda, we, we ran up at the front and led late. And I thought Coda, honestly, you know, from, from the drop of the green, we, we missed it. We weren't as good as we should have been. Yeah, the whole team knew that, unfortunately. But um, today was a different different story. We, we unloaded in, in, in practice. We were strong. And in qualifying, we were strong. And just as the race was unfolding, we were in a lot of dirty air for the most part. And we were able to stay close where other cars would kind of drop off after five, six laps, we could stay right there. That told me we had a great car. And um, I, I guess anyways, yes, you know, he had a lot of confidence coming into the day. I had a lot of confidence in the car. Uh, you know, I was just, you know, stressed and, and worried about how the race would play out, if it would, we'd have any hiccups. But thankfully we didn't, and things went our way. You've had so many races where you were in striking distance, seemingly on the verge of winning, whether it be Bristol or other places. How have those kind of close calls, how have they kind of strengthened you, maybe toughened you as a driver, do you think, or what kind of impact has that had? Yeah, it was a good impact, um, knowing that, you know, in those days where we ran second, there was one or two things that happened that, that weren't good for us, you know, that could have been avoided or could have been different. 
where we could have maybe had another spot or, or you know, could have changed the outcome of a race where, yeah, we ended up second, but we could have been ahead of that guy that won the race at some point in that race if a mistake didn't take place. So knowing that uh, we've been that close with, with the minor mistakes that we have had along the way, you know, we've, we've been so close to just having a mistake-free race a number of times that I know we're capable of it, and it was it was great to see it play out play out today where we we didn't make those huge mistakes and and everything went right. All right, get a microphone to Lee, please, for here. Congratulations, Tyler. I, I know this has been a long time coming. Um, I heard your interview with Winston, and you said coming here as an Xfinity yeah. driver yeah. this changed your career, and you didn't even. You questioned whether you were man enough to continue as a race car driver because yeah. this really tested what you had. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious t to feel that way, you know, four years ago and then to come back and, and for this to be the place. It's got to hold a special place in your heart. It does because, yeah, I remember, remember coming here with, with in the nine car and, you know, pretty much run you through the day uh you know we we were junk in practice it was kind of misting out and you know i ran my couple laps that i needed to as a rookie and i'm coming down the back sh back straight away you know and pretty much halfway down halfway down the back straight away i i put in neutral i'm just kind of going to kind of coast it back to pit road and just just being the space cadet that i am i didn't realize i was going way too fast no engine braking to slow me down and i just piled it off into the sand trap uh, off Canada corner, coming in for the laps that I had to make as a rookie and just created a disaster of a day for my whole team. Then we go out there and qualifying, and we're about a 30th place car. And Dave wants me to go out there. Dave Ellens wants me to go out there and rerun. And I'm like, I'm going to wreck this thing if I go out there and rerun because I truthfully was going to. We were that, I was that far off. It was just a, a nightmare of a day. I think I missed a shift and pretty much put a hole in the the rear end cover, and we we lost all the, the grease the gear grease out of our out of our end and and you know slung axle out of thing it was just a disaster of a day and i was just so far off here four years ago that uh just had me really questioning if i had what it took but uh we walked away from here dave really did a good job of getting me back to where i needed to be and we went to darlington then next week and we were we were great in practice we had a really awesome throwback scheme with tim richmond on you know tim richmond throwback old milwaukee on the car and from that point on in that nine car things started to click and it was about here that things could have went one or two ways it could have went one way where i was i was pretty much given up on the thought of i don't know i don't think i had it but uh, i had a lot of good people around me that believed in me got me back where i needed to be and from that point on things have been a lot better and uh it's really crazy that this is the place i got my first win because this place four years ago had me questioning everything We'll go to Dustin and then Nate. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. When you first came in here, you said it's been a long, wild, crazy ride. I know that everything's probably still spinning in your mind right now with everything that's happened the last hour and a half, but are things coming into focus of what that crazy ride is and what are the images or what are the things that kind of come to mind of when you say it's been a one long, crazy ride that start to come out and illustrate that in this hour and a half since you've won? starting to sink in i mean i mean the, the nice thing about it is 
the hard work you put in is what you get out of it. And for the last, you know, last last two years especially, I knew that road courses were a weakness for me. And I mean, when I say weakness, I mean we we struggled around 30th, honestly. And to uh, turn it around like we have and continue to put the work in and, and not just settle for good enough. I mean, we, we you know, a year and a half ago or so, we rolled into beginning of the year. We were way better, and that was great, but it wasn't good enough because we still we still didn't get the job done. We still didn't win, so we just kept plugging away at it. It it was really inspiring. It it made me really look at, at the other racetracks that I wasn't good at and try and figure out what I can do what we can work on to, to get better. What are we missing? And uh, it really opened up, opened up a, you know, uh, a part of my brain that I wasn't really even really prepared to use, and just was able to not just get better road courses, get better at the places like Loudon and Martinsville, the the tracks, the short tracks, if you will, just the oddball tracks that we have that I wasn't good at. You know, just how do I get better? And uh, it, it was kind of kind of a nice surprise that I could do it at the road courses and I was able to kind of carry it and, and apply it to other places where I was struggling a little bit too. Obviously it's a lot of things that probably helped you. Was it one particular thing that you obviously you work with Josh and I know he's, he's done some, he's had what Scott Speed work with you guys. Was, was, was that part of the time when it, you kind of transitioned and being better on the road courses or were you doing that before you come on working with Josh? It was all kind of about the same time. Um, you know, uh, working with, with Scott, and working with Josh has been very beneficial. Um, I've been working with Curtis Wall since uh, I was at Chip Ganassi Racing when he was there. Um, and and he's done a lot in really helping me in my mindset as well. I've had I've had a lot of really great people around me. Then obviously my whole team, you know, going to the simulator, you know, at least once a week and working with, with my engineer, Andrew Dickinson, and working on stuff, you know, our our, our I think he's tire engineer, does a lot of stuff at our shop. Byron Daly, he's really done a really good job of coaching me up when we're at the simulator or what I need to do better, and just opening my mind up and, and approaching the corner differently. And I've just had a lot of great people that have been willing to put the time and effort in to help me get better. And it all it's all added up, everyone. And they've, 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 you take one, one part of it, out, one, one person out of the puzzle, you know, we're not here sitting. I'm not here sitting talking about winning this race today. Um talking with Austin Sendrick as he was walking up pit road to come and meet you he said you know he was all excited couldn't wait to see you and you know you're one of the guys that he really likes and obviously I know you guys had your time at BK, BKR and he says he's he's just a goofy weird guy and yeah he, uh, <laughs> I am and he, says, he is I'm, too he, he goes I'm the same way um what was it like to see him and uh, that was quite a hug that he gave you yeah in victory lane. yeah I I you know, I I really wanted to go go see him after he won the Daytona 500, but I know how crazy and how busy it was. I just appreciate him coming over and seeing me because I wanted to come I wanted to come do the same thing for him when he won the 500. But I knew my whole team was gonna be mad mad as they could get if they were waiting on me because I tried to go see him and whatever it was. So I appreciate him making the time to come see me. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of great people that I've had, I've been teammates with, been friends with. Austin's one of them. Ross Chastain's another. AJ Allmendinger. Brad Keselowski is a boss. I, mean, I could go down the list. There's there's so many people that I've I've worked with at one one time or another. You know, I know if Daniel Hemrick was here, he would have he would have came and saw me. Um, there's just there's a lot of great people that that have 
done a lot for me. Have helped me a lot. And it really, it's really, I really appreciate them coming and 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 congratulating me and and sharing the moment. Oh yeah, well, and that's 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 how that's what he does. I've seen him give that hug to other people, you know. I think he's given to me before, you know. He, that's his deal. He's a big bear hug, pick you off the ground, you know. But I don't weigh as heavy as I used to these days. I'm a little bit lighter, so it makes it a little easier for him. All right, Nate. Tyler, I'm Nick from Speed Sport News. Just a couple things for you. Um, are you someone that kind of pays attention to history? I mean, the first two road courses this year, first-time winners. There have been five first-time winners out here in the Xfinity. Do you look at that and think, this is a shot for me? Those details, no. Um, but but obviously I'm aware of it, but I don't think in a way it plays, a, you know, it wasn't a motivating factor for me because I know – Guys like Chase, guys like Kyle, Ross Chastain. It was no surprise that they were up there, you know, and in, in battling for 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 the win uh, today. So yeah, I mean, we we have seen first time winners happen here, um, but but I knew the guys that are really really good at maximizing the braking zone and and really understand, you know, how to kind of piece all these corners together would be up front today, and they were. So it's great that I kind of added to that today. Um, but I knew that I've been, been watching what they've been doing over the years, obviously with what Chase has been doing over the last couple of years. Then Kyle comes in with Hendrick, really does a good job on the road courses, and you've seen Ross do the same thing this year. So I've been paying attention to what they're doing, and we've been trying to do a lot of the same things at RCR. And so it, it was nice to see it pay off, and, and we were able to best them today. I think it was, we were told it was a spotter um, that told you, don't look out your mirror, yeah, look yeah. out your windshield. Yeah. I have to ask. How many times did you look out the rearview mirror? Did you listen to that? Well, I mean, yeah, I was looking at my mirror, but you know, um, it certainly affected me a couple times to to the to to the negative side. You know, it, it hurt me a few times, but more than more than not, it was it was a positive because I could kind of see where um, he was gaining, you know, where Chase was gaining on me, and where um, I was, you know, making gains on him too. So, using the mirror um, to a point can help you, but it can hurt you, and I kind of experienced both. But uh, it was really great to see once he was getting smaller and smaller that, uh, you know, I was starting to do the right things and, and, and build a gap. And then this last one for me, just um, when I asked Randall this kind of question, and like I piggyback off the first one, was the what is it about road course racing that tends to produce so many first-time winners? Like I mentioned, the, the five in Xfinity here, hmm. Ross and Daniel earlier this year. Is there, from a driver's perspective, is, is there – a rhyme or reason for that? Is, this, is that just luck, or is there something more to it from the, from your perspective? No, I th- I think you look back over the the history of time, and you know, ten years ago, you you would see road course ringers come in here, like AJ, like Marcos Ambrose, Juan Pablo Montoya. They come in here and they just you know make us look like fools. And I think that's because as, as drivers, when we only had two of these races a year. We weren't really maximizing. We just kind of get to the road courses, kind of like I was a couple years ago, and just, well, we'll get through it. And, you know, you you still see it to a point. A lot of the drivers have really done a great job of, of really figuring out road course racing and maximizing the whole lap and figuring out the braking zones, what, what they need in their car. But still to a degree, you know, and when you, when you see, you know, a guy like Daniel go out there and win at Sonoma, you know, you can still, you know, just, just find a whole new level, if you will, in your car and as a driver and just, just if you if you're on it one day, you're just going to be on it that day. And you know, seeing him go out and win Sonoma the way he did, 
Uh, it wasn't surprising because I know that he's capable of that. You know, that team's capable of that. Um, you know, but but over the last couple of years, the drivers, the teams have really been honing in on it. But you still see see days where someone just hits it, hits it really good, doesn't make the mistakes, execute their strategy, and they win. Right. Uh, Reed Smith with the NASCAR Wire. Congratulations. Um, in the first couple of stages, um, Chase pulled out to about a five or six second lead by the end of the stage. What was the difference in the final stage? Um, was it merely track position? Did they yeah. make an adjustment to your car? Or, um, you know, what was the difference that, that allowed you to stay so close? Yeah, I think it was just track position. You know, I, I was behind um, Kyle and somebody else. Um, Chastain? I, think, I don't think I was behind Chastain. I think it was it was Briscoe. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Briscoe. Yeah, I was behind those guys. And, you know, just the more traffic you're in, the more you're having to work to kind of stay in touch. And, you know, Chase was able to, most of the day, get out front, uh, have the clean air, manage his air, you know, manage the, the brakes, manage his tires pretty well. And uh, just as, kind of as the race was progressing, you know, I, I went from being fourth to third as, as Briscoe stayed out and, and took the stage points. So I got a spot there. Then was able to pass Kyle in, in stage two. And just, you know, I just kind of had to pass, you know, one car stage. And essentially, the f the further we got, the closer we were. So, yeah, he would get that gap, but I think it was kind of a product of, of him having clean air the whole time and, and being able to manage his stuff very well, where we were having to, to battle really hard to, to get around Chase or get around Kyle. And and once you uh, cleared him through five and six when you made the pass, were you surprised that he came back at you so hard um, right after that? No, uh, you know, I made a little bit of contact in turn six, so I didn't want to totally take away he was he was close enough and i didn't know if he was upset about the contact or not so i didn't want to take his entire line away you know i didn't want to shut the door and him give me a bump and get me out in the grass whatever it be so i kind of left left him some air if you will i don't know if i should have done that or not but it gave him the the run into turn eight and i knew that he was gonna you know if i went to block him he was probably gonna give me the bumper because we made contact earlier so i left him the lane and just wanted to get through turn eight good enough to you know uh be at his beat his right side going into the carousel and thankfully I was and from there was able to kind of build the gap and manage it from there. Tyler I asked you like a variation of this question back in speed week at Daytona and I asked it because there were a lot of first time winners last year Yeah. and we had four coming into, into this today. Over the last two years seeing guys who had been around for a long time finally get their first wins or guys who hadn't been here very long get their first wins and it kind of seemed like you were the only guy still waiting who's been around a while. See, seeing those guys click those off one after another, after a while, did that get to you on any level that it was like just you left? No, no, because, you know, I, it was very obvious that they would go out there and have those days where they just execute all day long. They'd have a good car. They wouldn't make the critical mistakes that you can't afford to make, and they would be in position to capitalize on the end of the race. And so I, I knew that they can do it, we can do it, you know. So if anything, it was probably motivating and encouraging. It wasn't demoralizing by any 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 means. I'm out. Um, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Oh, hey, Bob. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you I want to say you had five runner-up finishes before today. Yep. I did. Like what type of person were you those nights after those runner-up finishes? I mean, were you miserable? Were you, 
would you not have wanted to be around you, or how, like, how did you react? I'd say I was pretty miserable, yeah. I don't think Alexa enjoyed being around me, you know, when I run second place, but, um, yeah, second place isn't a, isn't a bad place to finish, but, but we're here to win races. We're here to, you know, get those five playoff points. We're here to get into the playoffs, and, uh, you know, for me, when we run second, you know, the, the smallest little things over the course of the day, whether it was in stage one, the opening laps, stage two, whatever it was, one thing could have changed the outcome of that second place. It could have made it a win. And so for me, it's very frustrating because I know that there were little things that that I did in the race that I could have done better that could have changed that. And so do you obsess over those things? Like you watch it over and over? No, I don't obsess, but, I, you know, I, I go back and I, I look at it and I realize that there were things I could have done differently. I try to to learn from it and then apply it and going forward so I don't make those mistakes. Just like just like yesterday, I drove through, you know, if I didn't do the Xfinity race yesterday, if I didn't get in that massive pileup, you know, whatever it was, I wouldn't have learned that, you know, I drove through too many boxes leaving, uh, unfortunately, in the, in the 48 car. I may have made that mistake today. So I'm glad I'm getting to get these extra reps in the Xfinity car and, and learn from those little mistakes that I may make. Go to turn. Bob, you knew right away that you had five before this when it came to runner-up finishes. Is that something that sticks with you where you can list them off and remember how each one played out? Well, I can't necessarily list them off, but but you hear about it enough on TV that, you know, whether it's, you know, when you go back and watch a race and try to pick up on some information, whatever it is, it gets talked about, you know. Um, So, I mean, I'm aware of it, but, you know, I, again, it may be in the heat of the moment, the night after or the night you know when you go to bed that night from a second place finish yeah it eats you away it eats away at you a little bit but again i try and look at it how can i learn from this how can i learn from bristol you know yeah i i got wrecked but i had a gap and i let him run me back down and get there i gave him an opportunity you know i look at darlington i i could have done a better job on that restart i i could have had a run on joey and 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 william but but i kind of got messed up myself you know there's there's a lot of things I could have done differently over those five second place finishes I had to where I could have won the race. So I try to look back at that and learn from it. So when hopefully I'm in a position to win a race again, I don't make those same mistakes. And then you gave your friend Antonio a shout out right away. Yeah, did yeah. You know you're coming in hot. Like after this win, does he know you're gonna come crash the party? Uh, I feel like he probably has an idea now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still haven't looked at my phone, but um. But he told me before I left and, and came over here that he's gonna have a lot of people over for his, you know, for the Fourth of July on Sunday and on Monday, and that you, Alexa, Bo, everyone can come on over and have fun. Normally, like last year, we would we would get in late enough that the parties kind of calmed down, but we would we would they you know they want us to come over anyways and they would feed us, we'd eat the leftovers, whatever it is, and we'd you know we'd help them clean up after it's all said and done. Now it's gonna get a full restock. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I feel. Like, I know that they're really excited. I I uh, kind of crashed their 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 vow renewals on the off weekend uh, when they were doing that in uh, downtown Mooresville. So um, I had a lot of fun doing that. So I, they always like it when we kind of crash their party. Okay, thank you. Good, Daniel. Tyler, this wasn't just your first cup win. This was Randall's yeah. first cup win. Yeah. Um, Afterwards, he, he walked down pit road, and he got congratulations from a lot of people who were happy to finally see him get it. So what what did it mean for you that you get to share this moment in the same kind of capacity? Well, I mean, it means a lot because I know we both really wanted it. 
Um, there's a lot of people on our team that, that really wanted that win. You know, uh, there's a number, number of people on our team that haven't won in a long time or haven't won ever, and they've they've decided to stick it out with me because they believe in me and they know that we can get it done. And it means a lot to be able to give give those their reward that, that they've been they've been wanting, that they've been holding out for. Tyler, before we let you go, I mean, BKR Racing, the legacy of that team, you yet another winner in Victory Lane. What's it say about the legacy of that team? You see, you know, guys like Chase Briscoe and yourself making it to Victory Lane this year, Austin Cindric. Yeah, I mean, I think it's four, four out of the five yeah. first-time winners yeah. are all BKR graduates. Yeah. yeah, Brad, Brad, Jeremy Thompson, they had a vision. They, you know, they just, they saw it in their drivers, you know. Me and Jimmy, we're all BKR boys. You know, we we come from the same place. Um, that's also really cool for me. Is I got, you know, I got Jimmy back here helping me, you know, keep me in check, and we go out here and win our first race together. That's also really cool. But you know, Brad just just there. Brad had a vision, but there was also something about that place that was really special. There was a lot of great people. They all loved to be there. It was a it was a tight knit family, and uh, just we worked really hard there at BKR and and and. And everyone that I know that's ever drove there really loved being there. Good deal. Well, congratulations again on your first NASCAR Cup Series. I'm sure it will not be your last. And good ne luck next week in Atlanta. Thank you. Good day. Take care. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Oh, there's so much going on today. I totally, I totally like, let that like left field skip my brain. Free tenders for everybody. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tenders gotta be losing their mind right now. Yeah, but they gotta be freaking out like, oh my gosh, we gotta get the freeze, we gotta get all the, we gotta get everything stocked. Everyone's gonna be coming for tenders tomorrow, free tenders. Holy cow! I, thank you for the reminder on that. Awesome. I was hoping it was gonna get. All right, Kyle Tyler Reddick celebrating his first NASCAR Cup Series win. Had a road America of all places, Kyle. Uh, road America. You know, some folks say it was boring, yeah, Kyle. Some, some folks said it was boring race, but it's nothing like seeing it live now. I'm going to tell you, it's it's incredible to watch it live. Yeah, there's nothing like it. And, uh, you know, to, to win at a place like Road America, very special, you know, with all the history that's there. And, you know, being one of NAS or, uh, North America's most premier road courses. Uh, definitely uh, good to see Tyler Reddick finally get that first cup win. So, Kyle, what you got to close us out here tonight, man? It's been a uh, action-packed night here. We've, we've been on dirt, asphalt, Trans Am. I think we've had every single one, Rowdy. Uh, for me, um, I'm not going to be anywhere this weekend. Um, I have to work. But uh, next Tuesday, uh, the uh, Super Dirt Car Series is going to be at Big Diamond Speedway for the first time since 2009. I plan on being there. Uh, there is a rain date of Wednesday, July 13th. Um, we just got some unfortunate news. Uh, Bloomsburg and the Super Dirt Car Series will not be holding their race next Wednesday, July 13th. So the next race for Bloomsburg is going to be August, I think August 2nd or August 5th. I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, we still got the All-Star Circuit of Champions there on a Wednesday, August 24th. And uh, that's kind of what's been going on, Rowdy. And uh, great show tonight. Uh, two great guests. And uh, good to good to be back for another 
action pack edition of the Rowdy Mountie Light Show. Uh, exactly, Kyle. I, I really don't know what my plans are either. Uh, trying to, I'm kind of hustling for racing money right now and taking care of my health. We're just going to line it up and roll from there, Kyle. Uh, I appreciate you and uh, appreciate you spending some time tonight, Kyle, on your work. Connor coming on, Jeff coming on, being part of the show tonight, man. That's what makes all this possible is everybody that participates in it. Hey, and look, jump on there if you want to see what's happening with NASCAR. Just go on my TikTok page. You can see it. I've got all the all the drivers, Kyle. Okay. Working them down, man. It's, it, it finally hit that 10,000 followers, and we're, we're pushing on. It's rolling. We're rolling at high speed. At high speed. At speed. 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 Kyle, appreciate it, man, again. Thanks, everyone. Hey, keep that light shining, because it's bright here on 6th Avenue in Cannabis Hill. Roddy, I just want to say uh, we had this show planned for a couple weeks, and I was really looking forward to it tonight, so thank you again for making it happen. Kyle, you made it happen. I just come in here and ask you. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle Magnum there, folks. Go on RowdyMaglite.com. Check out Kyle's articles. He's the man. I'll video it. He writes about it. It all works out. I'm out.